0: Hey, What's going on? Welcome to the Doug Show. This is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to answer a few questions. Some of them are going to be about drop shipping, some of them are going to be on the keyword golden ratio, and a couple uh, sort of small ish announcements as well. Just a couple of things that I want you guys and gals to check out. This happens to be my fourth take at trying to record this. I'm not sure what's going on, but I ended up Talking myself into a few circles and I couldn't get out. So I just started fresh and hopefully we can do it. We can do it the right way this time. Recently, I had John Murphy and Duke on the podcast separately and they talked about their big successes with dropshipping. Duke's was particularly interesting because he started as an affiliate and built his site as an Amazon affiliate added on, um, a couple other monetization methods. And when Amazon changed their commission rate structure in April of 2020, he decided he was going to take more drastic action and got really good results out of it. So anyway, Amit sent in a few questions. And in fact, he, he tried, he tried a couple times. He said, I want to connect directly with John. And then he said, I want to connect directly with Duke. But you know, part of my job, is to, of course, bring you information and hopefully connect um, with people that have interesting stories like John, like Duke, and a few other folks. But also, when these people don't want to be reached and they want to be under the radar, I appreciate that. I tend to I stay a little more under the radar. I mean, of course, people can reach me. I mean, that's part of the situation here. But I try not to get too involved in social media and be too available. In fact, I have hundreds of friend requests on or connection requests or whatever over on Facebook. Just at some point, it got out of control. I And I don't know most of the people that are trying to connect with me. So I I bailed on the whole situation. The point being, both John and Duke value their privacy and, uh, you know, I'm protecting them a little bit quick note before I get into the questions, part of the reason as someone who has, I guess, been available and helped people for free and gave free advice, I can tell you that it's super frustrating for me personally, if I, you know, put out, uh, some effort if I connect with someone one-on-one I give them advice and then they don't take it so uh, I'm I don't, I'm not sure but perhaps John and Duke have heard me say that and they realize hey I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put out all this effort for someone just to not listen to me and not follow my advice or uh, essentially just waste my time so when it comes down to it that's that's the equation that I've that I've arrived at um, people don't really value your information, your time, unless they're paying for it. And I know some people are thinking out there, Oh, you know what? If I could just get a few minutes, I would value it. And I just can't, I can't, um, you know, separate the people who are serious from the people who aren't serious and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, right. Cry me a river, who cares, Doug? But the point is, I meet these are good questions I did get some answers for you and we'll see what we can do. All right. But I can't connect you directly with people that have made it clear that they don't want to be connected with. You can chase some folks down. And I know that certain certain guests that I've had, either they have courses of their own. So if you buy their course, usually you can connect with someone directly. If you know that these folks are in a certain course, maybe they don't have a course, but they enrolled in one. Usually courses have some community aspect and you can connect with them that way. So there's some ways to come in this sideways, but uh, just random folks, usually that's a that's a tough sell. Okay, let's get to the questions. So Amit says, um, my question for Duke is how do you deal with legal issues like product damage stuff, product returns, and other generally customer service ideas that may arise with high ticket drop shipping. And this is a meets email directly. Does he simply refer those back to the supplier and let the supplier take care of the issues customers in high cost items that are purchasing those high cost items would be really critical of the issues because they're paying a lot of money. Like I said, I emailed Duke directly so I can get some answers. Duke says, people handle this differently. I just have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. It's an integrity issue for me. That being said, I've had three returns so far, and I think he's been doing this for about six months. Duke says, two of the three were handled by the distributor. One of them was damaged, and one of them was a mistake in the order. The other one, one out of the three was handled by Duke, and he had to eat the cost of the product. However, he gained a lifetime customer by doing so. And he says, other than that, I haven't experienced any problems. So anyway, the point is, it's just regular customer service. So in some capacities, you're going to be able to go back to your supplier, the distributor, the retailer, whoever is managing that portion of the supply chain. So you'll be able to go back to them. They probably have policies laid out, but like Duke mentions here, it's just satisfaction is guaranteed and he'll work with whatever the situation is to make sure the customer is happy. You're probably wondering, Hey, what if the customer is unreasonable? That does happen sometimes. And you know, the, the owner has to figure out how they're going to handle it. So with my courses, for example, I have a pretty generous policy. I do ask people to, you know, do the work, you know, try your best. You'll get results. And I recently had a person ask for a refund. They were a previous student of mine. They were a previous customer. And they said, Hey, you know what? Like I I know some of this stuff already and i would like a refund they said hey this stuff was really helpful but i would want a refund they because they were a previous customer i extended them a little bit of generosity now other other people don't don't do this don't try to you know get money back but the fact is if you just learn one small thing from most courses usually not always but usually it will pay for the course many times over in fact this person which eventually I mean I gave him I gave him a refund I just said you know what it's fine I will give you a refund I'd rather have that person as a repeat customer maybe for future products but in essence they said ah you know what I kind of knew some stuff I asked them if they've implemented if they did the work they said they didn't other than the piece of information that they found super useful, which I have to be honest with you is hugely useful. I haven't seen anyone, you know, publish the, the demo, the over the shoulder for this particular piece of, uh, you know, analysis. And I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to make, you know, probably thousands of extra dollars over the course of the next year by using, the ideas and methods in that one single video. But like I said, my my thought was, hey, I want to really make sure this person is satisfied. You know, I want to make sure that they are going to come back for another product in the future. Now, if this person, I'll have to, I don't know if they listen to the podcast, but if they were to buy another product and then ask for a refund, it's highly likely they won't get one, right? Just because I, I'm identifying that person as, And if you are listening you know i'm just mentioning this hypothetically but potentially if they ask for another refund and they're not implementing the work they are trying to take advantage of me and i'm identifying that in a very clear way so you know i'll I'll do what i can but i have to protect my intellectual property and the information and you know the fact is it costs money to have a transaction and then refund it, like that cost me money. So a lot of people may not think that they think it's just free to get a refund. And maybe I should have said, "Hey, you know what? I'll give you a refund, but you have to eat the costs on the transaction fees because, you know what? You don't really deserve the refund." So anyway, Duke is uh, mentioning he has an integrity issue and he wants to make sure his customers are happy and they'll recommend him to you know other other people out there. By the way, if you haven't listened to that episode, it's really good. I mean, Duke talks about the specific niche, specific products, and all, all those details. I want to give a shout out to Ezoic and their site speed accelerator. It helps your site load faster. So it takes care of a lot of the, uh, the issues that arise for uh, people that have low Google PageSpeed Insight Score. So if you use the SiteSpeed Accelerator, usually you'll see uh, a very nice increase. In fact, if you head over, follow the link in the the show notes, you can put in your website and they will give you uh, essentially an estimated improvement. So it'll give you your PSI, the PageSpeed Insight Score, as it stands, and then what you could get potentially if you implement with the SiteSpeed Accelerator. Highly recommend using the DNS integration. I don't recommend using the WordPress plugin. And by the way, if you integrate with a DNS, you can use it, uh, the SiteSpeed Accelerator on any platform. So it doesn't have to be WordPress. It can be, you know, any any website it will work with. And I want to give a uh, little shout out to the Ezoic blog. They have uh, tons of information. I think... They've been, actually, I haven't read, I haven't, sorry, I didn't read their blog much in the past, but I have been paying more attention now that I've been working with them a lot more and tons of great information, really well-written. I recommend you check out some of the blog content related to essentially like a site load speed and stuff like that. There's going to be a link in the, the description and yeah, tons of good information. So check out their blog over there and thanks to Ezoic for sponsoring the show. Before we get into the KGR and, and mailbag questions here, a couple other quick shout outs. So I'm going to be participating in the SEO mastery summit, which is coming up, uh, November 30th through December 6th. And that is put on by Mad Singer. So I don't know if I have a link for you yet, but just keep that on the radar. It's one of those, you know, virtual summit situations. And, you know, honestly, I'm not even sure of my topic yet, but I'll be working with Mads to make sure that I'm bringing something good to the table. So everyone will be, you know, excited to hear from me. So hopefully you'll be able to check that out. And i Actually, I'm not going to give any any more information because I don't know, and I don't want to say something that is incorrect. And thanks to Mads for uh, you know reaching out and having me participate. It's funny, you know, it's a small world out there, and I've been blogging and and such for about seven years. If you just stick around, you know, you hear names, you you sort of meet people, you hear people on podcasts, and you may not be you know directly in the same circles, but then all of a sudden there's a couple uh, connections and and all of a sudden, you know, y- you could, or I could email certain people where I'm like, I can't imagine that I could email that person and they'll answer back. So kind of amazing, which leads me to the next appearance that I had recently over on website investing. That's uh, Richard Patey and he interviewed me for episode 26. We had a, you know, long form, you know, wide ranging discussion. It was almost like a sort of the breadth of a, of topics of a, like a Tim Ferriss podcast where it starts like, you know, so broad. We dive into some very specific details, talk about this podcast, talk about the Niche Site Project blog, the YouTube channel, courses, and, you know, just tons of random stuff too. I think we talked about coffee for a little while and some of the hobbies that uh, Richard and I have. So we will put a link in the description so you could check it out. And they recently moved over and sort of, uh, you know, expanded what Richard has been doing over there, which is really cool. And part of that is they moved over to investing.io. So when you follow the link in the description to check out episode 26 with me, you'll be going to investing.io, which is pretty cool. It sounds like um, you know they have a lot of things on the horizon. I don't even know um, everything that's going on. And when I talked to Richard for the interview... He, you know, couldn't even tell me off the record. He was like, oh, we got a big announcement. It's been, you know, in the making for a little while. And one cool thing is it's uh, Travis Jameson is uh, one of the co-founders along with Richard. And Travis is a person that I've heard interviewed on the Tropical NBA podcast. And he's a member of the Dynamite Circle of the DC over there, which I am too, but I'm sort of a newer member over at the DC. And you know, Travis's episodes were awesome you know, always uh, very uh, like down in the weeds and informative, right in the s- sort of wheelhouse of topics that I was super interested in, in that I am interested in right now. Very smart guy. And I believe um as I was looking around the about page for investing.io, I followed like maybe his, his Twitter or something like that. And it looks like he's out of North Carolina, out of the Asheville area, at least currently, which is a great town. Uh, we used to visit there pretty often in the surrounding areas when we lived in Atlanta. It's just a few hours away, and there's a ton of cabins. And North Carolina has excellent breweries, um, and a lot of the, a lot of my favorite breweries from out west were opening up, like sort of remote, not remote locations, but they were opening locations in North Carolina because the water's really good. It's great to make beer there. And uh, from what I understand, North Carolina had pretty favorable uh, beer and brewery laws. So it wasn't, there's not as much red tape as there is in certain other states, especially down down here in the South. So anyway, shout out to uh, investing.io. Check out my episode over there. And, you know, give those guys a shout, let them know that, you know, you you like the episode if you do and just, uh, you know, put in a good word. It's always good. It's always good to help me get invited back on shows like that. So, all right, let's move on to these other questions, these keyword golden ratio questions. And this is part of the niche website builders Q and a segment. So I have a couple, a couple just ongoing orders with them. Biggest news Right now is the Shotgun Skyscraper campaign. I've been involved in that for... They've been working on it for me. I think it's been three to four months at this point. We have about 17 backlinks. I'm looking at my report right here. They have a new dashboard. It's pretty awesome to look at. So I have 17 links. The average DR domain rating is reported by Hrefs is... 61 and some change. So, still very high metrics that we're seeing. And they have a new post that I actually, it's on my to do list to go take a look at it to give them the go ahead and then they'll publish it and then they'll go ahead and start link building to the new post. So, check out the packages over there. You could save 10% by using my link, which I do appreciate. So, let's get to the questions and thanks to Niche Website Builders. All right. Where are these questions at? Okay. This one's from Claudia. When doing KGR keyword research, does it matter if there are a lot of results, but none of the articles are answers to the query? For example, this specific all in title, uh, well, we'll just make, make it up here. So best ballpoint pens for journaling has over 700 results. So would it automatically not work with KGR? Question mark. And then secondarily, um, but most of the results are Pinterest. So there are no high quality articles. Would keywords like that be worth targeting? So overall, Claudia, is it worth it to target keywords where the query doesn't really match up with the results that you see, but you notice that there are a lot of Pinterest results? The answer is yes. Most of the time, it's worth targeting. It's at least worth Checking it out because you probably, you know, what for your particular niche for your particular website, you may get different results than other people. So just because you you know heard someone say it definitely works or it definitely doesn't work, you should check it out for yourself. Give it a little test with a few keywords that seem to have uh, similar metrics and appear about the same as far as the searcher intent. Now as far as the like all entitled number of results over 700 results i can quickly do the math in my head and know that you know even if it was under 0.25 for the kgr ratio there it's going to be too many it, it, there's too many uh, search volume results there and in essence it's always worth it to try especially when you identify that the serps aren't really answering the question and maybe the searcher wouldn't find the answer they're looking for. Now, that said, you are mentioning, in this case, Pinterest is taking up most of the real estate. Pinterest results seem to dominate the SERPs, and that is telling you that Google finds that the Pinterest results are doing better for that particular query. So, in that case, maybe you won't have much luck in it, but you should try it just to to test it out. And let's extend this a little farther. So let's say instead of Pinterest results, you saw that most of the results were YouTube videos. So in that case, I mean, I could tell you probably, unless you do a YouTube video or some other kind of video, it's probably not going to show up, right? Again, Google is telling you that is what they're putting in the results. Now, these things shift over time. It wasn't that long ago when you wouldn't really see that many videos in the SERPs. But nowadays, in that search engine result page, for the people that don't know that um, abbreviation, so in the SERPs, um, it's changing constantly. There's always little tests going on. And the last time I was talking to uh, someone in my mastermind group, we were just looking at a couple of videos that we were um, you know, publishing and we saw that the SERPs looked a little different and it was a little a little shift over just weeks ago. And it was kind of surprising, very, very interesting. So deeper, um, a little bit uh, sort of the subtext of this question, Claudia, is about the number of results and sort of the search volume. And if you have a brand new site or if you're testing out the keyword golden ratio for the first time, I recommend you stick to the formula, stick to the guide. Don't experiment too much and give it a try with strict definitions. Once you test that out, I recommend you know 20 articles or 20 posts initially, just so you have some volume out there to be successful. Then after that, you can start experimenting. Now that said, if you have a site that's been around for say a year or two years or more, and you are ranking for some terms, then there's no harm in going ahead and, and maybe testing a little bit more early on uh, when you get introduced to the KGR. I guess I'm contradicting myself, but th- the fact is like follow follow the KGR pretty strictly at first, and then you can sort of adapt, figure out the right way to do it for you and your site. Overall, I mean, you're just targeting lower competition keywords. That's, that's the main idea. Okay, next question in from Felipe. Hi, Doug. I discovered your method a month ago, and I'm implementing on all my niches. It seems to be working great. I wanted to comment, is there anything similar to the KGR with respect to link building? So this is actually a link building question. That is to say, is there something that I should pay attention to when putting a link that stands out from the rest? Thanks very much for everything. You're welcome, Felipe. That's a good question. Uh, my answer is no. <laughs> uh, there's nothing that I know of specifically that really makes your link stand out from the rest. I I was chatting again. I think it was the same mastermind call not too long ago where I was like, you know, I got these awesome links. I did a guest post on like HubSpot, I had a couple other big links from big websites and I linked directly to the page that I wanted to rank. It didn't do anything. It literally did nothing. And I have no clue um, what links end up being the most powerful. I I have a suspicion that it corresponds highly to the amount of traffic that's driven through the link. So for example, that HubSpot post that I did, I assume that if a lot of people read the post and perhaps that if it ranked well, and if people followed the link that I I put into the article, that it would probably be a more powerful link than whatever it is now. Because my assumption is a lot of people are not following any of the links in the article. I could be totally wrong, but that's my hunch because that indicates as a pretty strong sign to Google that people are enjoying that link. And then they're going over, they're following the link and they're going over and they're like, okay, this is uh, pretty good stuff. And they're spending some time there. I imagine that is a very like good metric to have in place. I've done zero testing. I'm literally just thinking out loud here. So, um, that said, yeah, I don't know of anything specific. I have heard um, some other folks mention to me, and I've learned it sort of secondhand, just maybe the number of, uh, I think Leon Angus, who I interviewed recently mentioned this to me where he was like, yeah, if, if there's a certain number of inbound links versus outbound links and blah, 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 that could be a good sign. But with that said, I don't know that there was any testing or any data behind that either. So, Philippe, or Felipe, I'm not sure how to pronounce it exactly, but we'll say Felipe. All right. So Felipe, I don't know the answer to your question, but that's the hard part with link building. You know, it takes a while for them to kick in and then you never know which link, especially if you're doing an ongoing link building campaign, you never know which link is the one that really helped out. And speaking of that, uh, the link building campaign, For the Shotgun Skyscraper, the niche website builders is doing for me, my domain rating is still about three and my URL rating for the homepage is about 22. So it's kind of interesting how that's playing out. And I think, you know, over time, both of those metrics are going to go up. I don't know how long it takes for the domain rating to go up, but we're going to see, we're going to find out in the next couple months. And just for your reference, the site that this uh, shotgun campaign is going on, it was a new domain in July of 2020. So it's a few months old, not, um, you know, not super fresh, but you know, we are seeing uh, the metrics going up, which is nice. Okay. Last question here from Bonnie. All right, Bonnie, thanks for sending this is in here. I read your article. On KGR. It's nice, she says. Oh, thanks, Bonnie. I think it's pretty nice too. I have a query though. Actually, she has three queries, three questions. She uh, spaced these out. They're pretty uh, concise questions. So nice job there, Bonnie, asking this one. So first, when writing the article, Um, while writing the article, the title of the post should be exactly the same as I found for the keyword research question mark, or can I use best at the start of the, the phrase? It should be very closely related to the all in title that you found. So that is to say, you should use all of the words in there. But if it's poor grammar, for any reason, then you can add some other words in there. Or you can add a little bit at the beginning or the end to make it more clickable. You can sort of entice the searcher a little bit so that you get a higher click-through rate. However, the question that you're asking, can you put best at the start? You can do that. That would be totally fine and that would not impact the title or the all-in title or the KGR portion. However, I will caution you right now. When you just slam the word best in front of a phrase, it it may not be the search volume that you think it is. So you can put best in front of it, but this goes back to sort of like the root of keyword research and you're trying to get a buying keyword phrase. And it sounds like you found a keyword phrase that is not a buying keyword phrase. So usually those look like best, product type, like best ballpoint pen, all right? So what you found, it sounds like, Bonnie, is you found ballpoint pen, and you're saying that's a KGR term, and now you're thinking, hey, screw it. I'm just gonna put best on in the front of that, even though that is not the keyword that I found. So you can do that, and it won't impact the KGR, but I'm telling you the results are probably not gonna be as good as you thought, and the search volume is probably going to be zero. That's my guess. It's kind of funny, you know, after years of doing this, um, I could tell you, pro- like with very high certainty, the search volume for whatever keyword you're thinking of with best on the front of it is probably zero. Okay. Moving on. Oh, and you gave an example, which I didn't even read the, the next line, but I'll, I'll give it here. Um, so let's see. So best, I'm going to make it up. So best ballpoint pen under. $250. Sorry, screwed that up. I read the bottom the bottom line there. So the KGR word that she found was something like ballpoint pen under $250. So she's wondering, can I just make the title best ballpoint pen under $250? And will that be KGR? So the answer is You can do that, it probably won't be KGR and your search volume could be like super low, meaning no one's really searching for that and you probably won't be able to rank for it and you probably won't really get much traffic. That's my hunch. Okay, question number two. What if the KGR is 0.1? So that's a good sign, but the top page is Amazon. Will I still rank if I have a 1500 word post? So, it's fine if Amazon is, you know, ranked in the, you know what, you don't say what position, but you say it's, it's ranked near the top, top of the page. So, that's fine. You can still go for it. Leaning on the thoughts from a couple questions ago, what's the searcher intent? Is the Amazon result providing the right information for the searcher? Or do you think the searcher is maybe looking for something a little bit different? Maybe not information from Amazon. And by the way, the reviews on Amazon, you know, back in the day, I loved going and, and checking out the reviews on Amazon because it was real users who would give their actual feedback. Now, the reviews on Amazon are so shitty. I mean, they're, it's like nonsense. Occasionally I'll go look, just browse through like the deal of the day, and I'll see maybe like headphones or something like that. And then I'm like, oh wow, these headphones look pretty nice. Maybe I should get those headphones. I read a couple reviews, and it's for like like a router or some some other like product that is completely unrelated. And there's some weird stuff going on with uh, the reviews. In fact, I was doing a little research, and I saw I think it was. Uh, maybe like CNBC on their YouTube channel was publishing, uh, I mean, they did publish a video on how Amazon is having issues with their reviews. So yeah, the reviews over on Amazon are sort of garbage now. So anyway, the point is, if you see results from Amazon, it might still be okay. Check it out. Um, As far as will my site still rank if I have a 1500 word post, you're implying that The quality of the post is related to the word count, which it's really not, right? So you could put 1,500 words. If it's not very good, it's probably not going to rank. So I suggest you think about what the searcher is looking for, think about and and do research on the other results that are out there. And that'll give you probably a, a better chance at ranking versus like just trying to hit a word count. That's kind of the wrong way to look at it. Third question from Bonnie for the all in title, it shows 150 results, but after clicking on the fourth or fifth page, it shows 45 results. Which one should I consider? And to be honest with you, I did not read all of the questions before I started. I was like, oh, there's good questions here. And I see this third one here is probably, you know, it's one that I've mentioned before. And you know what? I see it all the time on YouTube as well in the comments, here's, here's the deal. I don't know why people are looking through all the results. I've never mentioned, Hey, be sure you click through all of these, be sure you find all the different numbers that you can find and then confuse yourself. I've never, (laughs) I've never, I made the formula so simple. Um, but, people like to make it a little more complex. So the answer is use the number on the first page. In fact, I'd never even look further on. So use the number on the first page on the top, just like every single video (laughs) that I've done in any kind of documentation or mention, I've only referenced that one number. I've never said, go see if you could find some other number that's unrelated. Of course, I'm just, I'm sort of being a jerk here. So sorry about that. But I mean, the fact is, just follow the exact instructions. Don't make it more complicated. I think that that could be it. Maybe that's it. People think, hey, this is a little too straightforward. Maybe there's a way that I can, (laughs) I am a jerk. Maybe there's a way I can make this more complicated and make it take a little longer. So use the first number there. That's all you need to do. Now, a real issue that I have heard of, I, although I have not seen it nearly as often as other people mention it to me, is if you were to check a specific term multiple times, say in a short time frame, let's say a week or so, you check best, you know, all entitled for best of pen under $250 and you get different results, um, you know, three out of eight times. So a lot of the time you're getting a consistent result, but you have a couple where it's wildly different. I don't know why that is the case. I have heard it from enough people where I know that it it does happen sometimes. I haven't heard it as often recently, so there could be more consistency. I know one of the main issues is your geography. And a lot of times when I've heard this issue arise people mentioned that yeah I, I changed IP addresses essentially so even if you're in the same town if you started at home and you check the all-in title if you go to a coffee shop if you go to a co- co-working space you may get different results each time you might not you might get the same result all the time but similar to you know checking the results on subsequent pages versus the, you know, the first all entitled result that you see, I usually would just check once. To be honest with you, I would check the information, the all entitled results one time, and I rarely, rarely checked again. So I would just find it once. And then if it met the criteria one time, I would move forward with it. So thanks to um, niche Website Builders for sponsoring this Q&A segment. And right now, it is about lunchtime where I am at. So I'm going uh, to bail right now. Thanks for checking out the show. If you do have questions, please send them in. Feedback at Doug.show. And you can leave a voicemail too. It's been a while since I've gotten a voicemail. The uh, You know what? I should, I should double check to make sure I haven't missed any. But if you want to leave a voicemail, you can find the phone number in the show notes. So if you're on your phone, you literally probably can just click on the phone number and then leave the voicemail. So love, love to get those. So far, I've used every single one. Uh, one or two had sort of poor audio for a portion of it. And I just pulled the, the good part of the voicemail and used that. So would love to have you on. All right. Have a great day out there. We'll catch you on the next episode. Click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show or... I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.